Hi there and welcome back to my podcast which is Fishnets and Philosophy and taking a new approach in that I'm going to start doing one episode where I read out an entry from my journal about any kind of topic that's been on my mind and then I'll do a second kind of mini bonus episode where I'll review films I've watched during the week. So the title of this episode is Coming Home and it's because I want to talk about the concept of coming out and why I don't like it or rather I don't like it for myself and my own experience of my gender and sexuality. The simple idea of coming out is rooted in the concept and belief that heterosexuality and the binary gender construct is a given and everything else is a deviation. Queer people have to come out inverted commas, in order to confirm that they have deviated from the norm. I just think that that's such a problematic situation. Like, in my eyes, for the sole reason that it suggests the queer person is not queer until they proclaim that they are, it negates a person's queerness. It also goes further as it reinforces the idea that there is a certain way for queerness to look, If you do not look a particular way, then that means you have lost your queerness. As far as I'm concerned, that's an act of violence. And it's an act of violence that queer people have to live every day. And then similar enough to that is also the issue of passing and having to pass for transgender people trans women or trans men or even non-binary people like myself the idea that if you don't look the way people assume your gender should look then that means you're not your gender which that's also just an act of violence it's cis normative bullshit so if i reject the notion of coming out then what term do I prefer to use? Well, for myself, I like to say coming home because I have always been this bisexual, non-binary person, but I was locked outside of my home and I was unable to find the key that would let me back inside. When I was able to understand that I was bisexual and there was nothing wrong with that. I thought I had found that key, but that wasn't the case. It was more akin to opening the gate to the driveway. There was some comfort, but I still was locked outside the house. I was still wandering, lost and static. It took the world coming to a halt because of the coronavirus pandemic for me to find the key to the home that is Tyke. When I was no longer in social situations, no longer having to be on, in quotation marks, it forced me to shine a light inwards, made me question what it even means to be on. It dawned on me that the reason I always felt a sense of discomfort in social settings was because I had been putting on a mask. Now, whether that was unconsciously or consciously, 
I still don't know, but I was putting on a mask everywhere I went. I was presenting the tag that I thought people wanted to see, or rather expected to see. Judith Butler said gender is performative, and it was as if the final jigsaw piece was slotted into place. Actually, no. Rather, it was the first piece that helps you notice what picture is forming. The puzzle is not complete, but for the first time you can actually see something that resonates or resembles an image, rather than a jumble of disconnected pieces. The first piece that helped the picture begin to form was my noticing that clothing has no gender. It's simply fabric that covers our bodies. So I bought myself a dress and a skirt because I realized there was nothing saying that I couldn't do that. When I first wore them, I no longer felt at odds with my body. Looking back at the moment now, I can understand that it was gender euphoria I was feeling, but I did not understand that that was a thing. I couldn't conceptualize that. The more I wore the dress and skirt, and the more clothes I bought, I started to question what the word man meant to me and my own association with that word. I knew that it wasn't because of wearing feminine clothing in, by Western colonial standards, because I had those same questions regardless of the clothing that I was wearing. I was no longer wearing the mask or performing and that drastic change drove me to recognize that I have never particularly felt like a man. I realized that I've never really felt any connection or attachment to what man is or manhood. When I'm looking back now, I realize that I used to always feel uncomfortable in groups of men, especially when the infamous kind of in, it, in quotation marks again, locker room talk would begin. That type of lads, lads, lads banter, where it's almost the vulgarity just flows and discussing women like they are objects is completely normal and not frowned upon. That used to always make me feel uncomfortable and I thought it was just because I was a feminist. Now I understand it was because I was never a man and that aspect of masculinity, albeit a very highly toxic aspect, was another form of violence that I just couldn't participate in. And in those spaces, in those masculine spaces, those men spaces. If you're the type of man or the type of person who does feel that sense of discomfort about those type of discussions, those, that type of language, that behavior, calling it out is discouraged. And the reason it's discouraged is because Again, toxic masculinity. The only emotion that men are allowed to feel 
without a sense of shame is anger. Anger and violence are what masculinity, at least the toxic type of masculinity, is built around. And if you're the type of man, like I would on occasion when I believed I was a man, if you're the type of man that calls out that problematic behavior, you end up getting attacked or criticized for not being a proper man. You're almost equated as being too feminine, too womanly, because the patriarchy and toxic masculinity has painted this image that women, femininity, is a weakness. Being sensitive, being self-aware, being critical, being in tune with your emotions, all of that is considered a form of weakness by the patriarchal structures that prop up toxic masculinity. And I just realize now, looking back, that no, no wonder I never felt comfortable with that violence because I was the exact, I was the type of person that they didn't consider to be one of them. Because now I know that I wasn't, but I was still a person. Yeah, there's still so much I'm wrapping my head around. But the more time that I spend not having to wear that mask and to perform, the further away from the idea of man and manhood brought me closer to the acceptance of myself as a non-binary person. And acceptance is the is really the word that has the most significance. To come out in my eyes is a denial of perceived straightness or assumed gender. As in you're denying you are the thing the identity, the word, people have ascribed to you. Whereas to come home is to accept that you have always been that person. It's not that you're rejecting or denying your straightness or your assumed gender identity. Rather, you're accepting and acknowledging that you have always been the person you are, but there were barriers in place preventing you from acknowledging that. And those barriers, they vary they can differ from person to person but a lot of it is western colonial ideas because if we look at historically things that we assume to be associated with certain genders wasn't an idea didn't exist and then colonialism the west kind of coming to power and particularly the british empire and even like other Western countries, like in from Europe, but particularly the British Empire, 
spread across the world and colonized indigenous areas and indigenous peoples stomped on those cultures that were in their eyes savage in quotation marks because they were actually enlightened in so many different indigenous cultures from all over the globe south america central america africa asia there is no concept of this is what a man does and this is what a woman does it was more that the role was done by the person regardless of gender who best performed that role the person who cooked the food was the person who was best at cooking the food the person who reared and minded the children was the person who was best at rearing and minding children the person who hunted was the best at hunting there was no men or the hunters women or the gatherers there was that's not what it was it was just people regardless of gender performed those roles but western colonial ideas stripped that knowledge stood on that swept it away and instilled the constructed gender binary that men perform certain things and must dress and look a certain way and women perform certain things and must dress and look a certain way any deviation from that means you're you're wrong you're not a valid person and it just bothers me to no end that so many people just accept that as a fact accept that's a given they don't allow themselves to even criticize what they're told and personally i feel that's because topics like or subjects like philosophy aren't taught at an early age in schools like i and i believe that that's kind of a deliberate act on behalf of people of governments in power the ruling classes because if everyone from a young age was taught critical thinking skills how to analyze situations and information that you receive there'd be a lot more people who i feel would be anti-capitalist and also question bigotry and question assumed norms i have to think a lot more about this and i'm going to write more on it and i'll probably discuss it more in depth in a future episode but i think i think it isn't a coincidence that subjects like philosophy aren't mandatory subjects so coming back back to myself the realization and acceptance of my own bisexuality that came pretty easily if i have to put an exact age on it i would say i was probably around 15. like it dawned on me fairly quickly that i was attracted to men as well as women and the reason i noticed that attraction was because of the porn that i was watching 
I realized that I would get more arousal from porn scenes that had men in it than I would from lesbian or solo girl porn scenes. If anything, the scene had to have a man in it for me to enjoy it. And it never occurred to me that having attraction to men was something to be ashamed of or was something wrong. Like, it just wasn't a thing. And I think that's because I've grown up in a very liberal and understanding household in the sense that different sexual it was never something that was beaten into me that oh a man can only love a woman and a woman can only love a man like that was never a question so i'm thankful for that because it made that realization for myself a very easy one to accept but the realization and acceptance of my gender identity as a non-binary person was not as quick and seamless at first. It was kind of in almost like drips and drabs, with like a leaky faucet. But as the water pressure built up, the intensity of the flow of the water started to grow. And when that chain reaction started and more puzzle pieces started slotting into place, it also illuminated past memories of moments where if I had received positive if affirmation, I might have come home to myself sooner in life. Like one moment that stands out to me, and it was actually something that was said more than once by my dad when I was with groups of friends, almost said jokingly, and that's kind of the point, but it was, oh, Tyg's just really in touch with his feminine side. And it's the, because it was made in a form of joking matter, like laughing, ha ha ha. It was coming from a place that saying I was in touch with my feminine side was a bad thing. It was a criticism. It was toxic masculinity rearing its ugly head once again, saying that I was less of a man because I was in touch with my feminine side, because I was sensitive, because I would cry at movies. And I still do. I'll cry at almost every single Disney film I watch. I'll cry at TV shows. And it's healthy, I think, to be that in tune with your emotions that you can have. Like, crying is good. Feeling those emotions, that's a good thing. But when I was younger, at such a developmental, developmental age, I'd have comments from my dad, from other men, masculine, you know, figures of authority in my life saying that being sensitive, being in touch with your feminine side wasn't something to be proud of. It wasn't a particularly good thing. So that's what kind of forced me to try and don the mask 
more. If I had have received words of affirmation that it was a good thing to be in touch with my feminine side, I might have realized that I was actually not a man and I was non-binary at a much earlier stage in my life. And I just look back at my younger self and I cry because all I can think of is all the pain that you had to endure, that you had to go through, which you could have avoided if people were better. Not that anyone was intentionally bad or anything was done with negative intentions. It's just people weren't as critical, didn't criticize or analyze that gender norms is a flaming heap of bullshit. And now I look at it and I realize that reflecting on those moments and the way I wish people had have said or behaved helps to solidify for myself that living authentically in all moments of my life is both a simultaneously an act of rebellion, reclamation and education. I'm rebelling against the social construct of the gender norms of how a person should be. I am reclaiming the parts of myself that were denied by society, by others, by myself, blinded by society. But also living authentically as myself, I educate others. I'm showing them that there is um, more than that there are a multitude of ways to live and exist in this world and they're all as valid as the, each other. Once you aren't hurting anyone else, then whatever way you're living your life is valid. And we need to celebrate that diversity, celebrate the different ways of living and existing in the world because fuck going along with normality, being normal, who, why, who, what, we only live once and the more I become an anti-capitalist, the more I realize how much of our time is lost to this world that revolves around capitalism. We only live once, so why would you want to live your life in a way that isn't authentic to yourself? So yeah, this, I'm no longer wearing that mask. I'm no longer going to be pretending to be someone else. I am me and that's a fucking good thing. So thank you for listening to this 
episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And you liked the content. But yeah, I think this is going to be my plan of attack for podcasting going forward. I'm going to have an episode like this where I've written down an entry into my journal. And I'll read that out and expand on it. And then I'm also going to record episodes where I discuss movies that I have watched during the weeks. And each movie I discuss on an episode, I'm also going to do a written review for and publish that on my blog. And I'll probably actually publish the journal entries on my blog as well. But yeah, thank you for listening and I hope you stick with me. Please like, subscribe, review. It will really help push my podcast to wider audiences because this is something that I want to keep doing is just talking about my life, talking about the things that I find important, things I enjoy, things I love. I want to educate people just by being myself. So thank you for listening and I hope you all are living your lives authentically.